0: Oh, hey girl it's tess rouse and christina Beatty. we're the co-hosts and creators of authentically wild a podcast that may literally transform your understanding about life relationships and your healing journey so get ready girl shit's about to get wild
1: the world is full of people afraid of their voice of their power we push away the right to stand out and be strong for the sake of belonging To do this, we devalue our ideas. We learn to always stay with the masses, to say yes, regardless of wanting to say no. We learn not to love ourselves in order to gain the love of others. We disapprove of our inner truth in order to get approval from outside of us. Today's episode is a really special one for us. It's our first interview ever, and we have the honor of doing it with the amazing Taylor Sheriff fitness guru and owner of Namaste Sweaty Club, holistic nutrition expert, author, and empowered leader of our generation. We're going to dig deep with Taylor on the mind-body-soul connection and how she has continually stepped into her truth and empowered her inner voice. So without further ado, here's the episode. Hey! Hey! <laughs> Christine so always ha- does a little dance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I always start I love off that. With a little bit.
2: I know you have to, you have to get that move, that movement. I always do that before I teach and I, it's like become a thing. (laughs) Yes. Yes.
0: Oh, we are are so excited to have you, Taylor. I'm Um, so excited to be here. Yeah. It is so crazy to think. It's so funny to think that you and I went to school together because I know, (laughs) but, but only really recently in the last couple of years, have we reconnected and I feel just on so many different levels, motherhood, health, Mm self-empowerment, healing, expansion, speaking our truth. Like it's just Mm -hmm. the list goes on and on and on. So um, Tess and I are super excited to have you here today. Mm -hmm. Thank
2: you. Yeah, it's so. I feel the same way. It's so funny how certain people just continue to pop up in your path, and how, and in the way in which they do pop up. And it's so funny to kind of unravel that. And, and here we are. It's led us here. Yeah. Yeah. So for
0: any of our listeners that are excited about jumping in on this special contest that we've got with Taylor being here with us today, we're going to chat about some really amazing things, all about mind, body, soul, integration, self-empowerment, healing, all of that good stuff. We have a little contest that we're going to be doing as well. So since this is our first episode, our first interview, we're doing a little giveaway for a one month membership to Taylor's Namaste Sweaty Club. This is an online workout program with new workouts, five days a week. You can do them from the comfort of your home, do them live with a group of amazing women or on your own time, whatever you prefer. Now, in order to be eligible to win, we need you to do three things. The first is you need to be following Tess, Christina and Taylor on Instagram. You must also take three friends in our contest post, which we will be sharing today. And you also need to share this to your story and we will announce the winner next week. So good luck. Woo. <laughs> super exciting um so now that that's kind of out of the way I feel like it would be nice to just jump right in to the good stuff um good. the first piece we, we kind of want to start with is you know you really talk a lot about mind body connection you embody this you talk about it in your stories in your posts like all over your social media we're kind of mm. wondering how did this all start for you
2: yeah, um, well, I think, I mean, you have to go through, and this is going to be a theme probably that comes up as we chat, but, and I think you both can relate that you have to face some not so great times, some darkness in order to see and experience these these connections that you can make. So for me, it's the realization that we can't really compartmentalize functions or areas of the body. Our mind is connected to our body. We have a mind, we have a body. We are not our mind, we are not our body. Mm-hmm. And I think realizing that just as we have a body and we have a mind, they have to they also have to work in harmony and there's no way to work on your mental health without treating your body. There's no way to work on your body without treating your mind. And so I think coming to the realization through different experiences in my life, whether that's struggling with mental health or struggling with, you know, not being happy or confident in my body, uh, both have shown me and led me back to center and both led me to the realization that you cannot have one without the other, that you need to work on, you know, our wholeness in order to experience like the best possible version of all. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's been really interesting. I mean, Tess and I talk about this lots as well, mm-hmm. especially for me in my healing journey. I could sit there and go through all my thoughts and work through all this stuff. But until I actually figured out how to integrate that into my body and process mm-hmm. it and
2: move through so many of those pieces, it's crazy totally it's it's really interesting too when i did my yoga training we learned so much about how we store emotions in the body and we store like a lot of our past traumas in the body and so movement truly can be medicine and really working with your body can actually shift a lot of emotions and heal a lot of emotions and you know even when we work out or practice there are days sometimes where like it actually brings up a lot of emotion to the surface for myself mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. there's you know people in the club know there have been days where i've taught class and i've ended with tears and not necessarily sad tears but just there's just emotion that really comes right to the surface mm-hmm.
1: you know there were days even for me where if I don't get up and prioritize moving my body it doesn't really matter what I do on my mental health right because I yeah. feel like you know you're on to something there where they go hand in hand whether it's a full workout or a walk whatever it is but prioritizing both of those pillars I think in terms of your, your health right holistically is it's key totally Totally. And I mean,
2: even if you think about when we think about, um, you know, our stomach, there are a lot of people who say that our stomach is our second brain. And like what we choose to like nourish our body with can have a huge effect on our mental health as well. Right. So if we're eating, you know, there's an old saying, like we are what we eat. And there is some, some truth to that. Like we eat like crap. We feel like crap. We eat whole, you know, plant-based foods. We feel great. And I think that, um, people don't realize that. And because when we're in like a, not a great space mentally, we want to self-soothe with, and oftentimes it's with food. Right. And it's usually not with the food, Foods that we need. It's just like those feel good, you know, junk foods or feel good comfort foods. So mm-hmm. just another, just an, another aspect to that, that I think is really important and often overlooked. Mm-hmm.
1: Piggybacking on that and kind of segue into our next question for you. We've talked a little bit in past episodes, just about the medical system and Western mm-hmm. medicine and mm-hmm. I wouldn't say there's been much of a priority on this mind, body, soul piece. Um, And even the holistic nutrition, as as you've mentioned, like I have um, an immunosuppressed disease, like Crohn's Mm. disease and so many women, you have all these like tummy issues and gastrointestinal Mm -hmm. issues. And you know, like where, where did this holistic piece, this fits within modern day medicine? Like, why do you think that this isn't being shouted from the rooftops for people? Well, I
2: think that there's not a lot of profit in healing people, um, (laughs) you know, and I think that you really have to go through your own experience with Western medicine for me. I mean, I had my own experience, which really made me have to advocate for myself and ask Mm -hmm. more questions and not accept the, I don't know, diagnosis. I mean, this could be a whole podcast (laughs) podcast in itself, because I have uh, so many feelings about this in particular, but you know, it's really unfair that um, alternative or root cause medicine, whether that's functional medicine, functional nutrition, acupuncture, traditional Chinese medicine, I mean, the list goes on and on to alternative healthcare. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate that if you don't have, you know, great extended health, they're not covered, but truly, if we don't have our health, we have nothing. Health mm-hmm. is our, is our wealth, right? So to me, I don't want a pill. I don't want a band aid. I want something that's going to really work with my body to allow my body to heal on its own. And I think that our bodies are so intricate and so, complex that they actually do want to heal if we just get out of our own way. And it's unfortunate because there's just been so much information, so much misguidance when it comes to true real healthcare. Um, You know, that's not to say that Western medicine is, you know, I'm not trying to poo poo on Western medicine. Like there's, I mean, if I break my arm, I'm going to the hospital, I'm going to have someone treat me, Mm -hmm. but it's not the only way. I think that there is space within Western medicine to integrate some holistic ideologies and some holistic practices. And depending on the doctor you have, maybe you've got a doctor who's, you know, really got a great understanding of this, but there's a lot that don't and um, a lot that don't even ask, you know, basic questions. Hey, how are you sleeping? Are you, you know, you know, the basic fundamentals for good quality life and good quality health. So yeah, yeah.
0: it's, it's interesting because when we did that episode, you know Tess and I went into detail about some of the things that we've experienced for Crohn's and for me my mental health in the early stages of motherhood it was mm-hmm. you know like I was in a really deep dark place but I also knew that personally for my journey I didn't want to go on the antidepressants and I didn't mm-hmm. want to go on anti anxiety medication not that I have nothing against it I just knew for me I wanted to try something different and mm-hmm. and I love my doctor but he rec- he wanted me to try it out and yeah It's just interesting that, you know, it's unfortunate also that that our medical system, that's what our go-to is. And oftentimes you will go to your doctor and you don't get questions around what's your sleep looking like? What are you putting in your body in terms of food? How often are you exercising? Are you talking to someone about some of these things that are, so many of these pieces are missed. But in in relation to that, you know, I'm just thinking for our listeners as a, a little side piece here, if somebody is wanting to maybe go more of a holistic route in terms of supporting themselves, are there a few things you would recommend in that
2: sense? Or like, where could they start with that? Well, I think we're so conditioned to you're not feeling well, go to the doctor, but where is the personal responsibility and accountability with self? I love what you said, Christina, about, you know, my doctor recommended me to go on a medication for my mental health, but I didn't feel like it was the right choice for me. That's the beauty of, you know, your body best. I know my body best. And we have taken this Western medicine uh, uh, way has taken the power away from patients and taken the power away from people knowing their body best. Like Mm -hmm. your doctor doesn't know your body better than you do. I know my body best. And if we start to lean into that a little bit more, I think that we'll like, again, take that power back and really start to empower ourselves to do some more work. And yeah, is it work? Yeah. Is it time consuming? Yes. But this is what it takes. Unfortunately, we can't just go somewhere to to go to the office, tell them, Hey, I have X, Y, Z symptoms, and then expect them to give us a, a, a cure right then and there in the office. And I think so many people that's what they expect. And that's what we've almost been
1: conditioned to expect. Mm, I love that. Like it kind of plays a bit on that victim mentality piece. Exactly. You know, well, the doctor gave me this pill and it's not really helping. So I guess I'm just totally be the doctor X, told y, me Z that forever. I- Yeah,
2: exactly. The doctor told me that I had to have a C-section and I was not able to have a vaginal birth with my second. And I was like, you know what? I'm not coming to you anymore. Mm -hmm. And I did at home. No problem. No terror. Yes, I remember that. Right. So it's just things like that. And once you have experiences that real, and I mean, I, I wasn't, I wouldn't have been as bold in that scenario, had I not gone through prior experiences with my health. But that being said, like you asked the question, what do I think, where could people start? And I think it comes down to like the basic building blocks of wellness, which is how are you sleeping? If you're not sleeping, you know, eight to nine hours a night and you're not having good quality sleep, unpack that, you know, cutting out. you know, there's so many things you can do to like set up a good bedtime routines, good sleep hygiene for yourself, but truly sleep, hydration, and like eat out less, cook at home more, learn, get excited about the kitchen. My dad always says this, and I love this. I'm gonna steal it from him. Your body better be your hobby, like especially mm. as we get older. Like your body better be, and I think when he says body, he doesn't mean just like the physical self, right? He means like everything. You've yeah. got to get excited and get interested about taking care of yourself. You you know, it's gonna be really funny, but it's one step at a time and one thing will domino to the next thing, to the next thing. And soon enough, soon enough you'll realize there's a lot of things that you can actually manage and heal on your own. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, and, and speaking of that, like talking about, thank you to your father for, for this (laughs) little tip, right. Um, (laughs) In terms of like this integration of mind, body, soul, what are your favorite daily practices for this, Mm -hmm. for this integration?
2: Yeah, totally. So my favorite daily practices, things that I do every day. Um, First thing I do when I wake up, I mean, after like brushing teeth and everything, when I get downstairs, I have one liter of water in the morning. Mm -hmm. Uh, We lose a lot of hydration overnight just through our breathing. And because I work out five times a week, I'm always needing extra hydration. So I actually do one liter in a mason jar. This is my second liter of the day. Mm -hmm. And um, I do a little bit of mineral salt in it to actually help to efficiently, efficiently hydrate. Cause if you're sweating a lot and you're just refueling with plain water. You're not actually hydrating. You're just going to flush more salts out of your body, which you don't want. Uh, and Mm. I do half a lemon. So I start an empty stomach, not with coffee, believe it or not. as So many women do, (laughs) but I still guilty. Guilty. So guilty. (laughs) You have to try this because I feel like it has become one of my favorite rituals is just, there's nothing that goes in my mouth before this uh, in the morning. And it's, yeah, I really like that. So I get up, I do that. I have my one liter with mineral salt and lemon, and then um, I move my body. So I work out, uh, I get a sweat. I love breaking a sweat um, and I do really prioritize my sleep. I really do. And sometimes that means going to bed early if I don't know what kind of night I'm going to have with the baby, but yeah, I really do make sure that I get, you know, eight, at least eight hours. Ugh.
0: I feel like this is going to be a good reality check for me. because n- <sighs> Number one, my sleep sucks. Well, it, uh, when, when I'm asleep, it's good. Like I have a good sleep, oh, but I'm not good. getting enough of it. Like I'm probably getting six hours a yeah. night yeah. and
2: you and can't then, be your best on six hours of sleep. I know. Like, nobody <laughs> yeah, <can't>. You're always <laughs> like, like, like I can.
1: function just fine. I'm like, <laughs>
2: <laughs> you may, you may function and you may have like adapted to deal with it, but are you like, optimal are you thriving are you like I don't know it's up for you right it's up for you to decide for sure
0: it's been a battle so I definitely this is a good conversation to have it's giving me a little bit of, of a little pep in my step to switch some things up um and I'm gonna try the water simple this, stuff it's simple I'm going I'm so gonna try the water this sounds that that actually really excites me is like getting that <laughs> that full liter inside of me with some lemon and yes salt. yes yeah.
2: Yeah. So many benefits to it. And it's such a simple one. Like, these are things that you don't have to pay money for, you know, you just have to make the time for and, and like, if, like anything, it's just integrating new habits. Like there's obviously going to be some friction when you're trying to do that. Right. It's like, if you told me that every day I had to get up and I don't know, do something that I'm not used to doing. I mean, I'm going to forget to do it. I'm going to not want to do it. I'm going to, you know, so it's just new habits. There's friction mm-hmm. when when we're trying to integrate. Mm-hmm.
1: I I love this theme of empowering yourself around your body because that Mm -hmm. is something- you know, we've been conditioned to release. Like that's not our job. It's the doctors, it's Mm. whatever. We're just doing what we've always done. And like, woe is me. And like, why isn't, why am I not functioning at optimal, right? That's a really good check. If you can't show up in your best version, unless you're making your body, your hobby. Yes, (laughs) right. right. And you hear, you hear though. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we're going to have to add him into the show notes. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, you hear of these people who- they, they take advantage of their body, whether that be their mental or physical health, mm-hmm. until such a time where it's, it's gone. And once yeah. it's gone, like meaning once there's an accident, once there's something that happens or a debilitating disease, your time to prioritize is gone. And I think like that's, that's a that's so a real reality for a lot of people. And so much of the time we just kind of ignore it, right? Like we don't treat our bodies like temples. We don't treat our mental health as, as a temple. Like we don't prioritize that. And like one of the really big pieces I'm hearing here is like, that's really all you have. Like, you know, I mean, that should be one of the most important things that you prioritize in your daily life. You know what's so
2: funny about that? Everything you just said is exactly how Western medicine functions. So no wonder we're living this way. No yeah. wonder we're burning ourselves out and we're not replenishing like... Western medicine is very reactive. So it's very much like, oh, something's not working right. Then you want to fix it. But what if we like traditional Chinese medicine, when I was introduced to this and this concept, I absolutely loved it because it was like, you got to keep your whole body in balance. And when it's out of balance, Mm. this is when you fall ill. Right. So taking care of your body is like a daily practice, a daily priority so that you get sick less. And when you do get sick, you, you aren't like completely derailed by it. Yeah, so I love that because that that's the, just like how we live our life in the West is just very it just mirrors how we treat um, our bodies in the West with medicine versus yes. you know
1: absolutely. So segueing a little bit here, you've talked a lot about empowering yourself and and your mm-hmm. your your body, your mind, your soul. But you have used your platform for a lot of other empowerment as well. And really yeah. speaking your truth. I've like really seen that, especially in the in the last year, I think we, and probably I'm sure you're following as well of women. Like, I'm so curious, have you always been like this? Was this something that you were supported as, as a teenager, as a child, like speak your truth, use your opinions, whether or not they rock the boat, or is this something you've stepped into sort of later into your adulthood and like where did this come from because like I said in the intro so many people will sacrifice their inner truth for the sake of belonging to others right and you do not tread that line you are like this is me here I am unfiltered take it or leave it and it's amazing to watch
2: Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so sweet. You know what? I think that if I'm completely honest, people are going to like you, whether you speak the truth or not, you know? So I have, I mean, I went through a lot growing up in high school. I mean, I wasn't everybody's favorite person and I, I dealt with a lot of bullying and a lot of, I mean, I dealt with depression when I was a teenager, like a lot largely due to that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think what that I realized out of that is I only know how to be me and authentic to that. And your vibe attracts your tribe. Like I can't sit and pretend to be somebody that I'm not in hopes that people will like me. Because when I was like, you know, I think back to to being in high school and that experience, like, what's the worst that can happen? Someone doesn't like you. Okay. Well, but do you like you? Like so many times Mm. people are worrying about other people's opinions of them, but like, what is your opinion of yourself? Mm. And I think that as a mother now, I have no choice but to speak up, speak up for myself, speak up for my children and lead by example in the life that I think makes the most sense for me, you know, in that pursuit of like optimal health and things that I've spoken up about are very much linked to optimal health or lack thereof. So, yeah, I think it comes back to like that non-victim mindset mentality, like that personal responsibility. I don't want anybody taking care of me. I can take care of myself. And that doesn't come from like a, that comes from just like a, like an empowered place. Um, Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, we, yeah, I mean, I'm not worried. Like, I'm not worried about what other people's opinions are because it matters what my girls are going to think of me years down the road. Oh, and what, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, you're, you're both moms, you know. Yes. <laughs> I was,
0: I was just talking about this because holy shit, are we conditioned from a very mm. young age to make sure we are very much aware of what others think of us, of how we should present ourselves of all yes. of that stuff. And it's, and it's wild. Like I actually didn't become aware of this until I became a mother and, you know, really working through all of my own stuff. But you, you hit it on the nail, like it, it's, at the end of the day, you answer to yourself, you look at yourself in the mirror. And if you were to look back in your life, you have been that person for yourself that's picked yourself up off the floor, that's gotten you through the hard stuff. Sure, there are probably people that supported you, but really, it's you in the end, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I couldn't agree more with you with the piece with the, with the girls, like with Max yeah. and Zoe, I'm the same way. I'm really, really consciously aware of like, they are always watching us and they're little sponges to our actions yeah. and our energy and to what's going on. And yeah, yeah. it's just so interesting becoming a mother and seeing that.
2: Oh, for sure. Motherhood is one of the biggest learning experiences. If you will let it, if you let it be right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think part, part of my personality too is like, I have no problem being the first one to put my hand up and say, Hey, this doesn't make sense mm-hmm. because I know that I'm not the only one thinking it. If I'm thinking it, somebody else has to be. So, um, but like you said earlier, you know, we are so conditioned, the human experience we want to belong, right? We totally mm-hmm. do. And I mean, I'm not, I don't, I, I I do too. Um, and you can belong truly just being yourself. You're being your authentic self. You will belong not just to yourself, but there will be people. And it's so funny. Imagine going through life, not speaking your truth and looking at the people around you and them truly not being aligned with you or for you. Um, you're only going to know that you're only going to know that if you step into that truth and you start speaking your truth because no one's a mind reader, right? Like we have to truly just dig deep for that. And, and if people don't like you because of it, okay, then they don't like you because of it. Like we're not going to be for everybody. Right.
1: Mm -hmm. That was like, so beautifully said that your, your vibe attracts your tribe. I love that. And I think Mm -hmm. for anyone listening, you know, speaking your truth, it's right. Maybe you won't belong to those people. You thought that's my container. Those are my people. Maybe that you went Mm to elementary school or high school with, or that your cousin, your sister, whatever. It's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, but what you're saying there is, okay, we move on and other people will fill their places. And we've talked a little bit um, in another podcast, just about the ebbs and flows of relationship. Like if you're not speaking your truth and being your authentic self, you are holding so tightly to these relationships that maybe have served their purpose. Like yeah. they, they are done. The chapter in your book and your story is done with them and that's great. Mm-hmm. And we can revel in that and appreciate it for all it was, but like you have to open yourself up to this other group that maybe is going to exactly like be your tribe matching your tribe. Yeah. Right. So I love totally. that. Totally,
2: That's amazing. Well, and I, and I think that just like you said, you know, when we hold on to things so tightly, we, we leave less room for what may happen and what Mm. may occur and the people we may meet, right. Yeah. Make more space for better aligned, like for better aligned relationships. Yeah.
0: It's, it's interesting because, you know, I can't help but think about the very similar piece that we all have between the three of us and that we have all chosen, you know, for me much more recently and Tess and you, Taylor, further in the past, but we've all chosen to leave relationships that we mm-hmm. were in mm-hmm. and really step more into our truth. Not definitely not the easiest thing for me to have done. Um, nope. You know what I'd love to know, like maybe some of the things you learned through that process or, you know, for anybody else who's listening, that's like, yeah, I'm starting to feel in my life, like things aren't in alignment, whether it's in a relationship, whether it's with career, whether it's with health, like whatever that looks like, we're <sighs> Where could they start with this, or, or or what are the things that you've learned through that process that could help them move through their own mm-hmm. process?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think so many things about this. I mean, my marriage—I was with somebody for twelve years in my life, so a huge, huge portion mm-hmm. of, of my life. Um, I think what I've learned coming out of it, because we learn so much in hindsight. Um, I, at least for me, I learned so much following our separation and divorce. We so often. And this goes back to health as well. We so often seek outwards when we're like, if there's a tug on our soul and we feel a a pull and we don't know where it's coming from, the best thing you can do is go further inwards, go deeper Mm -hmm. inwards. Um, Because we so often, even myself going through like this uncertainty in my marriage was like, what should I do? And I, you know, I was talking to like my trusted circle of people being like, ah, this, ah, this, like I need help. I need help because I don't know what to do. But somebody once told me like, yes, you do know what to do. You, you do, but you need to stop and you need to get quiet and you need to turn inwards because you like doing this outward seeking, you're you're looking for somebody else's answer to a life that they're not living. Mm. Right. So they can't possibly understand because my life outward looking looked perfect. You know, <laughs>
1: when my, when my
2: marriage ended, people were like, people closest to me were like, "Are you lost your mind? My parents, I'm pretty sure actually thought that I was like dealing with like a mental disorder. I'm pretty sure. <laughs>
1: mm, I think all Everybody,
2: three of our <laughs> <such> parents did. <laughs> Everybody was like, what has gotten into you? What is going on? And I think the other thing that I've learned, and I mean, had you told me this when my marriage ended, I wouldn't have understood it, but definitely, like I said, in hindsight, we learned so much. Um, everything. In your relationship is also like truly a reflection of what you've got going on inside. So the things that you seek in the relationship, you really need to work on yourself. So like if you're seeking more intimacy in a relationship, why is it the other person's burden? It's like you have to work on that intimacy with yourself. And that was something for me that I was like, I just wish that it was hot fire passion in the bedroom. da da da. Why can't it be so great? The real the reality is that when I came out of that marriage. I realized there was a lot of work that I had to do to be okay with intimacy and like true, real like connection in that way. So again, so often we're willing to put it on the other person, but there's like, yeah, right. In (laughs) its finest form. And like, but we have to go deep. Everything we want is truly within us. And then when we work on that relationship with self, all the relationships in your life are better because they're a reflection of that work you've done internally.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it so crazy? You know, I hear uh, there's so many nuggets in what you just said, the piece around the pull on your soul and then mm-hmm. looking outwards for whatever that is, validation, answers, clarity, yep. asking those people. I, it's, I feel like everything you just explained was so much of my experience before I actually did the work of connecting within myself mm-hmm. and digging into these pieces and understanding who I was on such a deeper level. Mm-hmm. But I almost get this. It's like a, it's like a becoming, becoming of age kind of experience, right? Where it's like, yes, you do. It's like your twenties. You're, you're kind of just trying to figure it out and like put your ducks in a row and do what you're supposed to do. And then it's like I Mm -hmm. came into my thirties and I was
2: like, okay, (laughs) yeah. Wait a minute here. Whole new (laughs) world just opened up. I yeah. am the boss of me, <laughs> not how I was raised, not, not, mm-hmm. you know, all these relationships that have defined who I am. Like I get, to, you have this like liberation or this freedom to choose. Hey, am I living my life aligned with like my highest self, my greatest self, my like, and this is the thing too, is that for me, I think what, what kicked off this domino effect in my life was truly was a health concern. Um, I had like a cancer scare when I was 26 and it truly was holy crap. It like Set my world on fire in the sense of like, am I happy? Am I living the way I want to live? Am I just going through the motions? Is life just sort of has life just swept me up and taken me, or am mm-hmm. I living with purpose? Am I living mm-hmm. the way I want to? It was almost like a wake up, like a true awakening moment, and I was like, no, I don't think I am, and then begun this journey of all these different things, things, and all these different changes, and and so on. So,
1: yeah, that other piece you're saying there too about going externally it's, it's almost like we do that actually to seek approval mm-hmm, what's mm-hmm. everyone going to think of the decision I, I am feeling on the inside and as soon as you get any of that resistance you're like okay I have no idea what I'm doing what's <gasps> the next path da, 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 da. what you're saying there about life sweeping you up and are you steering the boat here are you yes. living your life Who cares if anyone else approves? Like, why aren't we asking ourselves first? Like, why is it that, you know, and it's all psychology based and conditioning. Once you learn this stuff, how can you unsee it? Mm -hmm. Why is Susie's opinion or approval of you more important than your own? like you are your own best friend, right? You are the one who has been there with you since the beginning. It's, it's yep. mind-blowing and I'm guilty of it, but like awakening yep. up to it. And it's mm-hmm. wow. It's, I feel like for anyone struggling with that or finding like they don't have the answers. Yes, you do, but you need yes. to like lean into yourself. Like you've said there, and yes. it's, it's pretty crazy. Like once you start doing that, what can really come together? And I, I feel like kind of this empowerment piece around, you know, you and your life and, I would ask. I think people probably listening are like, "Oh my gosh! Like, I can't even imagine doing that or not seeking like a jury. Yeah, (laughs) your vote, yes or no, right?" That's the thing
2: though. We, we seek (laughs) outwards when we're not confident within ourselves and connected to know that we know what's best for us. And it goes in all aspects of our life, whether it's making a decision about a job or a relationship or our health, it's Mm -hmm. all the same thing. If we're disconnected from that intuition, that intuition within us all, we all have it like that relationship and cultivating that is so important. Like it's paramount because once we, if we don't have that then we are going to seek out. Then we are going to try and get other people's approval. Then we are going to be scared to speak our truth because we're more worried about other people's opinions than our own, because we're not as confident in our own self. Right? So Mm -hmm. it's not one of those things. It's not a light switch. For me, it wasn't a light switch where I was like, I'm just going to say what I want (laughs) and don't Mm -hmm. not care what other people say. I think it just, it's like this gradual, like you said, this gradual coming, becoming of age, to the point where like you build it, you build it, you work on this relationship. Like you work on any other relationship in your life. The one with self is truly key. I think Glennon Doyle was said it best. And she's like, the person you married isn't till death do you part. You are till death do you Ooh, part, Yeah, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. It and, and I resonate big time with when, how you were talking about the health scare because for me a few years ago, like I said, it had to do a lot with my mental health. I was dealing with postpartum depression, all of that. And for the first time in my life, I really had to look at some shit inside of me in order to move through this really dark period I was in. And it was in that process of building that connection within myself and listening and starting to show up for myself in a in a really in a really big way for the first time. That, you know, like you said, it's that process of you start to make. Your needs, your truth, your connection, the relationship with self, the priority, and and I think this is where also there's a stigma of like, well, that's selfish. Oh, what, about the, what about what about yes. what about the other people in your life? What what you need to be taking into account other people's opinions? That's hurtful. That's self. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, okay, hold on, let's hold on with the conditioning and programming here for a second. But when we show up for ourselves and listen to ourselves and our best selves, it
2: actually helps everybody in our lives. Bingo. Yep. Couldn't have said it better myself. I feel the exact same way. I think that if you work on yourself, it benefits everybody around you. Mm -hmm. So it's not selfish, but it's so easy for people, especially perhaps of an older generation to look at that and go, oh. Well, I didn't get to do that. So that's not okay, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's really important to be mindful of when these things, when these opinions come to us or we're faced with these opinions to realize that more often than not, they are a projection um, of something that's lacking within them. But yeah, I think that there's this mis- mis misguided thought on it. Like working on your best self isn't selfish. It's caring for everybody else in your life. And most most importantly yourself. And if you don't, you are the most important person in your life. Whether people want to believe it or not, you are.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. You know, and we shouldn't feel shame for that. We should not feel like just because we're a wife, a partner, a mother, yes, we get to be all these things, but I'm
0: Taylor first. It it reminds me, it's so funny, I had this conversation with A woman who messaged me a while back and she was talking about something I had posted about and she was like you know some of your language it makes it makes people think that they should just be doing everything for themselves and not for the whole of the community and the whole of the group Mm -hmm. and I'm like okay like I can see what you're saying but it actually was a really nice opportunity to dig into a conversation with her around well what do you do for yourself and what does that connection look like? And, and why can't you do that? Like, what are some of your fears around that? But it, I'm sure it makes me think about like how much you speak your truth and, and you really do talk about making this relationship, the, uh, the utmost importance. Um, it just reminded mm. me of that, right? Because there's lots of people out there that are like, well, no, you need to do what's best for the group. You need to do what's best for the community. And if totally. you that makes you selfish.
2: But, but doing what's best for you is doing what's best for the community. It is doing what's best for the group, because if you don't, if you, you cannot pour from an empty cup. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you, if you show up and you burn yourself out to the point where you're operating at like 10%, 20%, or you're dark and depressed, or you're, you know, you're dealing with all of these things that actually takes more time and energy to heal. That takes more time away from the group that takes more time away from your community. That takes more time away from your kids because you're not in a good place. So again, back to this Western medicine mentality of like this reaction, we only, we only fix something when it's broken. Like we're not a car, right? (laughs) Like I'm not a car. I'm not a machine. Like I'm a human being. And like, it's okay. I think everybody just needs to be told that. Like you have to give yourself the grace of saying, it's okay to say, I need space and I need time. And I need as a mother, as just a person, I need to go do something that's going to fill, fill my soul. And the thing is, is so many people don't even know what what that is for themselves. Mm-hmm. It's going to be different for everybody because we haven't
1: been shown how to do that. If it's yeah. not been modeled to us, how are we meant to learn it? Mm-hmm. Self-sacrifice is praised. Actually, that's probably one of the most self-deprecating things you can do. And as a recovering caregiver, like that's what I literally mm. coined myself as, I have never felt more unfulfilled in my entire life. I always thought mm-hmm. like, oh, it'll come. Like, And I think subconsciously we think when we give to others, when we care for others, when we self-sacrifice the little child in us thinks it will come back. It will come back Mm. to us. People will begin Mm -hmm. filling our cup. We will begin feeling supported. Mm -hmm. But the problem with that is that you're teaching people how to treat you. I will care for you. I will do everything for you. You will not come like and do that for me because that's my- Totally. And And then we get to a place where you're-
2: you're upset or resentful
1: of it. A (laughs) hundred percent. Right. And then those relationships typically end and you're like, I can't believe them. They took advantage of me. They used me. And then that's where really like the inner work really becomes, comes in. Right. And I I think for you, one, one thing you were mentioning there was about flicking the switch. And so I want to kind of dive into that a little bit for our listeners. When Mm -hmm. This was a gradual sort of climb for you that build in confidence within yourself trusting your voice speaking your truth. How do you do that, so you get this little inkling inside you like a calling for something like how did you begin taking those blind leaps of faith uh, even especially despite resistance from others, like maybe your first marriage and leaving that was like the, a big, like macro leap of faith you took. But Mm -hmm. before that, like, had you started kind of really honing into that voice and taking those leaps and building your confidence? I'm wondering if there's a way we can sort of coach women along on this. Like, how do they start tuning into that and begin taking those little nudges?
2: Yeah, I think it depends on what the situation is. I know for me, like, yes, like, yes, my marriage ending was a huge one because it definitely didn't get a lot of support. Oh, you know, from my circle. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it took me longer to really gain the confidence to be like, no, you know what? I, I do know what's best for me and it's not this right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but prior to that, it was with my health where when I, so long story short, I was on the birth control pill, like most teenage girls go on when they become mm-hmm. sexually active. I was on it for a really long time. And then when I came off it, uh, I didn't get a cycle for like 18 months. And it was very like my doctor didn't know why. Everything's normal. It's, you know, it's normal. If you want a period, we'll just put you back on the pill. <laughs> like literally, mm-hmm. that was what my family doctor said to me. Yeah,
1: so, me too. <laughs> I <laughs> I like, 90% um, of listeners.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, this doesn't make any sense to my brain. I don't know about you. Mm-hmm. But um, so that really began the journey of like, okay, well, this doesn't sit well with me, even though my doctor is my doctor. It doesn't make sense to me to go back on the pill, something that I'm trying to get off of my body is supposed to function without, um, I'm a healthy young woman. I should be able to get a cycle. So it really, I basically from there was like, well, I'm going to start seeking. So I ended up going to see Chinese uh, medicine and going through acupuncture. And that actually brought my cycle back. Mm. And, um, so I'm a big believer in that, but also I think that those are the things that really start to build this level of confidence within yourself because you're like, wow. I didn't. So if I had listened to my doctor and gone back on the pill, what then? I would have gotten a, I would have totally gotten a period because I was getting a chemical period while I was on the pill, but would have that solved my problem? No. Mm-hmm. What if I, what if I wanted to get pregnant? Oh, well they could have given me a pill for that too. She did tell me, she's like, oh, we can just give you a pill to help you ovulate. And I was like, <laughs> oh, Like, no, I'm not even kidding you guys. Like it was just as alarming to me. I was like, ah, um, I think I'm going to take my health and take it elsewhere. Cause it ain't here. So wow. I think these, these things, like so many people, so many women, especially will just be like, okay, like my doctor told me I have to do this. But for me, I mm-hmm. just was like, you know, this doesn't make sense for me. Your doctor is not the boss of your body. They are just like a consultant, if you will. So mm-hmm. I think that taking those steps and then realizing like, wow, I healed my hormonal system that, that helps build your confidence because you're like, wow, I like did that. I I advocated and I found, I figured out a way. So maybe yes. it's just being like relent- relentlessly mm-hmm. um, stubborn <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. persistent and not taking no for an answer. I don't know, but maybe it's that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And and I hear you also saying, tapping in to your intuition, like when something doesn't feel right, yeah. questioning mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and saying like, no, this doesn't, this doesn't work for me. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, I imagine our listeners, we all know that feeling. We all know that feeling that we get when something just doesn't feel in alignment, that just, nudge. That nudge. Yeah. And, and I bring it back to that piece you said with the, the pull on the soul, right? Like there's just something that doesn't feel. And that's, I think where you got to get curious, you got to totally. sit and just, and just listen. Because if mm-hmm. you
1: don't, those nudges are going to come and they're going to be like <sighs> tidal waves soon enough. Yep. And you'll be in a rock bottom of health scare relationship, destruction, yes, whatever it may be. Right. And-, and you know,
2: it's, I love that you said that Tess, because it's exactly that. Like, if you don't listen, whether it's your health or relationships, I definitely, it brings to mind my relation, my marriage, like it's not just going to go away because you are ignoring it or shoving it down or pushing it down or pushing it to the side, like it's not going to go away. It's going to keep coming back until you deal with it in one way or another. And I learned the hard way that you can't, you can't just ignore it and hope it goes away. And sadly, like it can, it can have some detrimental effects on your health for sure. But it can also have for me, like it didn't make me a very good person in my marriage. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah. Cause I was trying to compensate in other ways to seek, you know, happiness without having to really deal with why I was experiencing those feelings.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's it's so interesting. Like we've talked on previous episodes where it it starts as the nudge. Uh, mm-hmm. or, the, or the whisper, and then you get a bit of a push, mm-hmm. and then you get like a full on shove off the cliff, right? <laughs> but it's yeah. interesting because, like, I even remember at the end of I started to tell people that Brad and I were separating, they were like, oh, What? Where did this come from? And it's like, Well, number one, I didn't tell you for a reason. Like, I, I needed that space to move through mm-hmm. my own stuff. But also, I personally was doing so much work leading up to that point of the decision
1: that mm-hmm. it was like
0: that stuff that. I think sometimes people don't see if you are doing that work inside of you and you are connecting within, it becomes not easier, but I think you're able to come to a decision in a much more sturdy, grounded way, mm-hmm. you know, versus needing to shove off the cliff.
1: Yeah, it's it more like,
2: to get shoved. That's for yeah,
1: sure. <laughs> a bigger lesson for sure. I think to yes. almost like before you begin to make those blind leaps of faith, like almost prepping yourself for what the external world is going to say, because if you can understand that most people get triggered, maybe you're leaving a marriage and they're just in shock, disbelief, think you're having a midlife crisis, whatever yes. it is. <laughs> it's really just them projecting their own insecurity worries onto to you. Right. And so I think people really Probably. have to prep themselves for that and and really ground back into their truth and empower themselves. Thank you so much for your opinion. In, you know, subconsciously, yeah. I think I know where that's coming from, but we're moving along. Like the train is leaving the station for <laughs>
2: <guidance>. <laughs> Well, I think too, we're also so conditioned to, I do believe in the sanctity of marriage. I do believe marriage can be sacred. I think that there's so much thought around, well, if you're divorced then your marriage failed, but what can we like Mm -hmm. let go of that thought process? Because I had a really successful marriage. I had a really successful relationship and it served its time. And I don't think that I could be who I am today and have stepped into myself in the way that I have without the experience of having that marriage and leaving that marriage and going off on my own. Like there's just no way I could have continued to grow Grow as a person, I don't think without these experience to continue to shape it and, and give me the space to like, I don't know, spread my wings, if you will. I think that we're allowed to, like, we have friendships sometimes that come into our life and they don't maybe last, maybe we have friendships that last a lifetime, right? That's what we all hope for. And I have definitely have some of those, but I also have friendships that have served a time in my life and a a season of my life. But unfortunately, romantic relationships can be the same way.
1: Oh, yeah. And there doesn't,
2: and they're not necessarily a failure. I think that it's, I think that we, we're so programmed as humans to be like black, white, categorize everything. That's what we're like. Our brain wants to do, but. I think we need to like think bigger and maybe if I hadn't gone through it, I wouldn't think this way, but yeah, my marriage, I don't think was a failure. I think I got a lot out of that. I have my beautiful daughter out of it. We learned so much about ourselves. I learned so much about relationships. I learned so much after we split mm-hmm. um, that I actually take with me every day into the, the relationship that I'm in now. So yeah, I think that I'm grateful for that and I'm grateful yeah. for that experience. And it wasn't, it was not um, the divorce as much as I, you know, it, there was a, so much letting go of the story. I don't know, Christina, if you felt this way, or Tess, if you felt this way, but like, I did have a lot of a harder time letting go of the story than I did of the person of yeah. like, but I'm, but I'm Taylor. And I said, I was only getting married once and my parents are still married. And, but I remember thinking to myself, you know, when I would talk to my mom about like, I'm not sure what to do. I'm not happy. We've tried everything. You know, I remember her, she's like, well, you know, you, you got married, like you have to just commit. And I'm like, yeah, but like, I don't get a medal at the end of this. To, no. just to stay married, to stay married. I don't get a medal. Like, what do I get? I,
1: I think a lot of people happy. really do believe someone brings them a trophy at the end. Like, right? well, let's okay. just sit in misery for 25 more years.
0: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But society, but society does give you an invisible medal. It's like, well, and actually I'm pretty sure the government sends you like silver or something <laughs> like again, that. But again,
2: like it's again, wild. The, this is somebody else's v- somebody else who's not living my life, sending me validation for it that I don't need because I got to live my life, right? We all have our own lives to live and nobody else is living it for me. So I wanted more. I wanted Mm -hmm. desperately, I needed more. And I was like, no, it got to the point where it was so loud and it was such a shove. There were all these experiences coming up in my life that were showing me like, no, this is, this is it. Like you really got to do this. And it's painful and it's hard and it's scary to step into the unknown. Oh my gosh. But I don't know. I had, there was definitely a sense of like, I'm, I'm excited too. I was
0: excited. Yeah. Yeah. I, and it's, I really resonate with so much of what you said there because the story, the narrative that Mm -hmm. is, is programmed in us in a sense can be so Mm -hmm. debilitating. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I don't know if you did this as well, but what's really helped me is like looking back on that chapter, which isn't that far from where I am now, but still looking back on that and, and really focusing on the positives because Mm -hmm. it was such a beautiful chapter in my life. Mm -hmm. And I think we really need to find a way to get comfortable with maybe closing a door, you know, and opening a new one. And that's okay. It's, it's Mm -hmm. okay to move forward. It's okay to start a new chapter. It's okay to take a new path. And I think the more we can allow ourselves to do this, the more people will feel so much more damn fulfillment and joy in their lives, but we just get so stuck, you know, Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. holding on it's hard to let go of the story and think that your life is going to somehow mean less or the experience is going to mean less <clears throat> when you have no idea what's waiting for you on the other mm. side. Mm. And for me, it really did not take that long, but I literally, this person walked into my life that I felt like, oh my gosh, there you are. Like I had just manifested him into my life and it, it really showed me this polarity of like oh okay what was I so uncertain for so long for
1: you Isn't know it so funny though we've been so conditioned to we need to see the destination before we can take the leap right and yeah even in your voice you can like feel the emotion when you talk about him so that's mm-hmm. like an amazing outcome like the universe caught <laughs> you right and mm-hmm. thank god you took the leap
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like without expectation, you know, like Mm -hmm. there was just no expectation whatsoever. It just, yeah. I mean, I was so content with like, okay, I'm going to start this new chapter. And like that being said too, I think when we're on this like journey of like, we can call it healing. I know Christina mentioned the word healing, like whatever you want to call it there is no destination really. Like there's all these different mm-hmm. benchmarks. Maybe there's all these different benchmarks and maybe a place with stop and, and revel in, but there are still hard days where I'm like, Oh, you know, there were certain things about my marriage that are still hard to like, I'm still processing everything. I think we're always processing all of the things. So it's never like, okay, I got to this amazingly happy place. Like I am (laughs) truly very fulfilled and very happy, but I want people to understand that their healing is not linear. There's still Mm -hmm. waves of feelings that come and go and sadness that may come up or you know, days where I'm like, Oh, you know, I have my daughter who's getting older and she's like, you know, mom, why are, why don't we live with dad? And like, you know, Mm -hmm. there's still hard moments for it all. Mm -hmm. And it's, you're never in this like finish line of everything's, everything's okay. All of a sudden, you know, you don't really get there
0: big time because, because we're humans, we're constantly Mm -hmm. evolving. We're constantly, I mean, we are, even if you yeah. don't think that you're focusing on your, your being evolved, like we are, we're constantly growing and moving and changing. And I think with that comes up all these new things and all these new pieces. And, yes, and, and it makes me think about this as like a big piece of, of the way I live is it's not actually trying to get to this place. It's actually how, how am I supporting myself right now through all of the stuff that's coming up, whether it's the good, whether it's the hard, you know, and so I would love to know for you, what are some things that you do to really support yourself when you go through some tough pieces or some challenges or, Mm -hmm. you know, the stuff comes up, like, what does that look like for you?
2: Well, I think, I feel like I've only really been conscious of what has helped me recently because I feel like there were years where like all these feelings would come up and I wouldn't know what to do with them all. And I think what I've got, what I've, the place I've come to is that like, You got to feel it to heal it. You just got to let yourself feel it. Like emotions arise for a reason. And instead of running away from them, busying yourself to neglect them, judge them. Why am I feeling this way? My marriage ended X amount of years ago. Why am I still feeling like this? I think if we just feel it and allow Mm -hmm. ourselves and know it's going to pass.
1: Mm -hmm. Everything
2: does. It all does. The good days pass. The bad days pass. Like we have to give ourselves the time and space to just let the feelings rise, feel them cry release however we need to. And then let them go. Because if we don't, and we, like I said, run away from them or try, I'm, I, I am like classic for like just being so busy that I don't stop and be
1: with my feelings. <laughs> I think we're a group of doers. So yeah. Yes.
2: <laughs> yes. So that's been my my you know I'm trying I'm, I'm working on it we're a, constantly a work in progress right so like those are the things that I tell myself these days when things like that come up and as I and I'm not gonna lie like as I move I'm getting married this year Yay. which is crazy it's exciting <laughs> thank you we're very excited but it is crazy because I definitely was the person who was like I'm never getting married again <laughs> um, <laughs> um never say never because wow it'll just come back to bite you and I've learned that lesson many times Yes, I think that as I have look forward to another to my second marriage, which sounds so weird to say, a lot of feelings have come up that I hadn't really faced with my first marriage. And so I've been in the last few months have had a whole lot of feelings and mostly not feelings as in like regret feelings as in like just fear. I don't want to repeat patterns. Um, don't want to like, almost like there have been moments where I'm like, am I self-sabotaging right now because I don't Mm. want to hurt myself or I don't want Mm. to walk down that, you know what I mean? Yeah. And thankfully, you know, poor Andrew, I feel (laughs) he, he, he's really given me the space to like, just let me work through it. but. And he's been open and let me like
1: share, communicate that. You remind me of this quote I recently heard, and I think you're bringing up a really good point here, especially for our listeners, that like the past is not behind you. It's within you. Right. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like to me, like you're, you're still unpackaging probably pieces of that experience that you've probably Mm -hmm. never gone to. Right. And Mm -hmm. I think that's the beautiful part about the universe. Sometimes reoccurring patterns happen or reoccurring experiences or dynamics but it's actually like probably now is your, your turn yeah. to, to change the yeah. outcome of those. Right. And it's, exactly. it's beautiful, but it also brings up a lot because all of the experience, all the trauma, the pain, the emotion, especially, you know, doers, people who just like, don't bother. I'm not an emotional person. Steam it's roll. all, yeah. yeah, it's all in there. <laughs> I, all of that experience, like all your past, like you don't just get to sweep it under the rug. So you either mm-hmm. unpackage it when it happens or eventually you do, and, and you probably will glean from that, those pieces for the rest of your life.
2: Mm-hmm. Totally.
1: Totally. Yep. Absolutely.
0: It, it also makes me think up or think about this piece around grief. Right. And I think we push away grief very quickly mm-hmm. because it's such an uncomfortable emotion. But if there's one thing that I've learned is actually becoming friends with the grief when it comes up within me has been. Mm-hmm has been foundational in, mm. in my expansion, whether it's with my marriage, whether it's with stuff to do with my childhood, uh, you know, mm. relationships that I've had to let go. Like when that grief comes up and I can sit with it and just let it move through me, man, is that mm. a, a really big practice. It's become a really big practice for me and very freeing through all of it. You know?
2: Yeah. That's, you know, that's amazing. I like that. Make friends with your grief. I'm going to think that to myself in the future, but mm. I think what it all comes down to, something that I talk about a lot, especially with uh, the club that we work out with is cultivating a relationship with yourself. That's very honest. Mm-hmm. It always comes back to that self-honesty, whether that's making an excuse because you don't want to work out, which is how mm-hmm. we talk about it in the club or honesty with self when it's like, that's how we live in true alignment with ourselves. And that's how we gain get to this place of like really beautiful happiness is just being honest with what is this relationship serving my highest self? Is this relationship truly like it for me? And like being honest with it, because if we're not honest with ourselves, we have a really hard time being honest with anybody else. Yeah, mm-hmm. You know? So I think that cultivating this relationship of honesty with self, you'll never get to a place of like, guilt. Well, you, you may feel these feelings of guilt because of the conditioning, but I also think that it's like, you can release that a little bit and say, you know what? I'm not a malicious person. I made choices and decisions in a moment in my life Mm -hmm. that I had to Mm -hmm. for one reason or another. Um, does it justify these decisions? No, but we can be honest with ourselves about it and own them and say, they were not great decisions. Yeah. Taylor, (laughs) you know, they weren't great ones, but they were made because they needed to be made then for whatever reason X yeah. Y Z. Yeah, I've had to get really honest with myself, and sometimes that honesty will bring up a lot of grief because you'll be like, "Oh, it it makes you look at all sides of yourself, the shadows of yourself, the sides of yourself that maybe aren't aren't mm-hmm. great, you know." But yeah. we all have them, whether we want to admit them or not. We all do, um, and I think that being able to own them makes you, you know, allows you to step further into yourself and yes. your highest self, your power, all of that, your truth, yeah. no whatever one you ha- want to call
1: it. No one has anything on you that you don't already have on yourself. Yeah. Right. That's right. That's <laughs> right. That's, right. that's, that's right. amazing. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I love that self-honesty
0: piece. And, and mm-hmm. I hear you also saying self-compassion and when mm-hmm. we can have compassion for ourselves, it's like bringing the light to the dark and that's where the integration really happens, you know, mm-hmm. so
1: that's really beautiful what I've heard today is self-confidence, self-honesty. Mm-hmm. That's where we begin to like walk into speaking and, and walking our, our truth. And then really that empowerment piece that that the episode was about. I feel like I could speak on behalf of Christina and I, but I feel like she'll have more to say. But like <laughs> you are fierce, super Aww. inspirational. And I think you're empowering women and, and well, all, all genders. But, you know, when I see you speaking your truth, it's like, it empowers me. So like, keep shining your light oh my and keep what you're doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You you are a force girl. And I mean, you know how much I love you, but Mm. I just want you to know, like your work is really important in this world, especially as of late. Mm. And I just, I love being there to watch you on your journey. And I'm so excited for where you will go with all of this and Mm. you're the
2: best. Oh, you ladies are so, it was seriously so much fun chatting with you. And I feel so excited to be a part of your podcast and also just, yeah, it was, I feel like this chat was not just great for other people, but it was great for me too. And I hope that you found that as well.
1: Yeah. Selfishly, we're on a self-healing journey through the podcast. Totally.
2: (laughs) And you know what? Like talking about it with women who also get it, because I feel like, I don't know if you guys have felt this, but like being in your like, you know, young thirties, it's like Going through a divorce at in you know at that age like you know a lot of people wait till they're like forty or fifty, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, <laughs> to go through this awakening you know of self and so when you do find other people and you can like chit chat and really like relate that relatability is so important because I when I went through my split like I was so alone in it mm, yeah there wasn't a lot of other people talking about it or or sharing those feelings or going through it it takes a huge set of cojones to do what we did
0: (laughs) yeah well I remember I reached out to you and you and I met and had a nice little chat and then also just having tests in my life who had been through it as well like it's Mm -hmm. it's so important to to connect with people who understand and who have been through right and it's Mm -hmm. interesting sharing my journey I've had so many women reach out saying Mm
2: -hmm. this
1: this is helping me move through x y and z you know totally yeah when I have hard days like being vulnerable I remember like messages like that thank Mm -hmm. you I really needed to hear that part of your story I'm going through this like it's crazy, right? Cause past generations, like we didn't speak about any of this. And I feel like mm-hmm. sometimes I think you guys are a bunch of whiners whining about everything that's happened to you and your experience. It's like, no, we're sharing so that we can normalize that this is actually life. Like this is the yeah. human experience, right? And- yeah. And that people don't have to suffer in silence with it all yeah.
2: or suffer in the shame of it all. Right.
0: Yeah. And we get to connect.
2: Connect. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Um, well,
0: let's yes. do this again. Christina, yeah. you want to yeah. wrap us out? Right. <laughs> yes. Okay. So if you've been listening and you want to learn more about Taylor, you want to watch her journey you want to connect with her more and learn more about her club you can find taylor on instagram at namaste with tay n-a-m-a-s-t-a-y w-i-t-h-t-a-y that's on instagram Ooh. and and as always you can find tess and i Uh, You can find Tess on Instagram and TikTok at her Unearthed, And you can find me, Christina, on Instagram and TikTok at Christina.SoulEmpowered. We are so happy that you guys listened. Please let us know if you have any questions. Leave a review if you like this episode. And yeah, thanks for joining us today. And thank you for coming,
2: Taylor. We're so excited. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. That was such a, that was wonderful. Thank you so much.